throw what's inside of us like that prison shows what's inside of the light. Looking at the text, Ephesians, uh, fifth chapter. We see this letter being written, and, and one thing we know about the Bible, the Bible was put together, and we praise God how God used man to put these letters and these books and these, and these historical accounts together. But when you look at such as these the epistles, these letters, they were written all to be read at once. But we're going to pick up in the fifth chapter, and, and the fifth chapter is dealing with what's happening beforehand. It's going to tie it in together. And so as we get in to, to the first verse of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it starts out with, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Other translations say his beloved children, living a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice For us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. I've seen stories, foolish talk, and coarse joking. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Jump down with me to verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Again, looking at verse 15, says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Living wise is walking in the light. We've seen here in this letter that he's saying that we should mimic God, be imitators of God. In order for us to mimic and imitate God, we need to know who God is. And so to clarify us who God is, that God is the light. God is love. We've seen here that it says, imitate God, therefore. Now, oftentimes when you read the word of God, if you see a therefore, it's there for a reason. And when you see that therefore, you want to see what came before and what came after the therefore. So looking even closely, look at the fourth chapter. It talks at, at the end of the chapter, talking how Jesus Die to forgive us of our sins. Therefore, to all our Christians here, those who confess to be following Jesus Christ, I want to know, are you following the therefore? Because after therefore it says to imitate God, are you imitating God? Can you clearly look at your neighbor and say, I am imitating God? Can you go home to your spouse and say, I am imitating God? Can you go to your workplace and talk to your boss and say, I am imitating God? Because if you're not, then you need to go back before that therefore remember that you have been forgiven. See, we lose, we lose an aspect of living wise when we don't understand what wisdom is. Wisdom comes from God. God took this foolishness of the world and made it wise in, 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 a, in a Christian aspect. It was foolishness for a man to die on a cross. 
But yet we found out that was wisdom through God to have Jesus die on the cross to defeat death, to rise again from the grave on the third day. That is wisdom. So therefore, since we have been forgiven, we should also forgive one another. And since we have been forgiven, we are now beloved children of God. Did you see that in the text? As, as children of God, as loved children of God, as we love children of God, we should be like our Father and our Father's soul's love to the saints here. How, how, how is your tongue today? Have you been involved in some coarse joking? Have you been involved in some gossip? See, the child knows the truth. Have you been involved in repeating things you should not be repeating? Just because you heard somebody else said it and it sounded like the truth. You went ahead and told it to somebody else. And now people are running around thinking they know the truth, but they're repeating lies. Are you a part of that? Clearly it says here that live a life filled with love. Follow the example of Christ. He loved us. You can look at Jesus' life and look how we walked with the 12 disciples. You can say it was a, a motley crew. You can say these were some, some, some unordinary fellows who did some unordinary things. But Jesus loved them as a whole. You can think about Peter. Peter is a, is a, is a poster child for anger management. Peter get angry in a moment. He'd be willing to curse somebody out. He, he saw somebody grab you. He cut the man's ear off. You know, Peter was, the, was an angry man. He, he, his anger, his attitude, his rashness would get the best of him. But also he was a compassionate leader. But yet, if you look at it, Peter, at one point, if he would have known what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that there was a thief among them. This man was dipping in the treasury. <laughs> This man was taking money out, putting it in his pocket. If Peter would have known Judas was stealing, Peter would have did something long before Judas betrayed him. But yet we did not find Jesus saying anything bad about Peter or Judas. He loved them all. Jesus would expose sin to expose sin, but he would not expose them to one another. Because if he did that, then you would not read about Judas. Betraying Christ, because Peter would have got his fellow brethren to kick him out. But yet, when Jesus shows how to love one another, to be forgiven, to be patient, to be like God, how about this? Think about God being patient with you. We see God being patient with us each and every day. They quiet the same, but I will say, by the grace of God, nothing you have done makes you deserving of what God has done for you. And there's nothing you can do to, to pay back God. Out of his own love, he's given Jesus. So we've seen this great example of God. And since he is now our father, since we confess him, saints, then we should mimic him. We should imitate him. To break it down, even follow, we should just play the game in our life called follow the leader. And the rules of the game of follow the leader... Whoever follows the leader the best wins. Following the leader. Or Simon says. Or Mother Maya. You want to follow the rules. Do what God says. Do what God does. And when you do that, you are on your way. But yet, look at when you're not living wise. It's obvious. The writer talks about it. Paul says, do not let this be named among you, fornication, coarse 
joking, impurities, idolatry, having these other things. See, when we're living not a wise life or unwise life, living a foolish life, people can say things about you. Think about what flies hang around. Flies ain't, they don't say you could, you could track more flies with vinegar, you know, you know, you know, I'm sorry, with honey than vinegar, you know. Flies come to whatever they can get into easy. But, you know, think about when you see flies at your cookout, right? You don't want them around you because they're irritating. They're disgusting creatures because the majority of the time they spend with what's dead. Yes, they'll come and get what's sweet too, but majority of the time you'll see flies on dead corpse across this road. Many of you that have pets, you'll see the flies on with your dogs or your cats leave behind. Those same flies don't wash their feet, don't wash their wings, will land on your food. See, these flies are amongst what is wicked, what is bad, what is disgusting, what we throw away. These flies hang around, and then they also try to get around what is good, sort of like us. When it's a cookout or a church function, you'll see us there. But if we left us by ourselves, we'd be around where it's dirty, where it's gross, where it's disgusting, thinking nobody knows how we are, that we're going to try to clean up and come where the parties are. That's unwise. See, see, just a little bit is going to catch up with you. Flies carry diseases. They carry diseases. They, it may not harm them, but it harms others. See, the problem is that so many of us thinking that we're living a life all by ourselves, but not realizing that what you bring back into the body is impacting the body. You lie on your job, it's easy for you to lie at home. You lie in your house, it's easy for you to lie at your job. You cheat on a test one time. It's going to be easy for you to cheat the second time. Next thing, you cheated all your life. You cheat on your taxes. You cheat on relationships. You cheat wherever you can, get a hand up because you've been doing all your life. You, you start doing this just a little bit. It impacts everything that you do. Look at the sins that are listed here. They're dealing with relationships. They're talking about immortality, fornication, coarse joking. A lot of times we don't think when I'm sinning, I'm impacting the body. I'm just hurting myself. No, yes, you are just hurting yourself, but also you're hurting everybody around you. Think about it. It says to be imitators of God. Children are sitting amongst us right now. And what do they do most? They imitate what they see. I remember I was watching, I think it was Robocop or Terminator, one of those movies. And a man said a curse word. I didn't know what it meant. It just sounded cool when he said it. So I repeated that word. My brother and my sister said, ooh. I thought it was cool to say it. So I didn't know what I was saying. And they told my mom and my dad, they let me know, you don't say those words. I didn't know they were bad. I was imitating what I thought was cool. There's so many of our children imitating what they think is cool. They're allowing TV and, and videos to shape them. And, and parents, if you do not step in at the right time to let them see what is right and what is wrong, they will continue imitating what is wrong and not knowing what is right. Same situation. I thought being in gangs was cool because a lot of my classmates were in gangs, so I thought being in a gang was cool. I thought wearing the certain colors was cool. I thought wearing my hat to a certain side was cool. I thought doing all those hand gestures was cool. So I would do those things. 
not knowing if I did him in the wrong place. Somebody might just shoot me for no reason. Somebody might beat me down for just no reason. I'm getting beat down, getting shot, thinking I'm cool. But otherwise, I'm just being a fool. See how we should be living wise and not unwise. How we should be imitating God and not the world. We got to take the time and start checking ourselves and saying, Lord, am I being obedient to you or am I following my own lusts and my own desires? The unwise is the darkness and not the light. Darkness brings depression. What do they do to punish those most in jail? They put them in the hole. The hole has no light. No light is punishment. To be able just to get outside and stretch and feel that have the sun touch your skin. Have anybody been there before where you've been sick? And you was in your room, and you, you may have had your blinds open, but it's nothing like being outside, and the sun touches your skin. Have you ever been to the beach? There's something about the beach. You can drive up to the beach, and you, you enjoy the scenery. But once you're, you got to take your shoes off when you go to the beach. You got to take your shoes off. Don't walk in sand. You got to take your shoes off. Because when you feel that warm sand touch your skin, it just feels different all of a sudden. And, and now, after a while, the sand might start burning. If then you can put your shoes back on, but you first got to touch the warm sand. And then you got to make sure you have shorts on and a T-shirt on. You got to let the sun touch your legs and your arms and, and, just, and just feel the warmth on the body. It just feels different. And then when you catch that cool breeze off the water, and it, and it cools the body back down, and then the sun peels, it feels just so refreshing, so relaxing. Why else do people just bring out lawn chairs and sit out on the beach and read? Because it's refreshing, it's relaxing. But to go without the sun, to be in darkness, leads to depression. Look at shadows. Shadows try to hide where the light is, like a cockroach. You know how you turn the light on in your kitchen? Maybe you don't have that problem, that's good. But if you go into a kitchen, you turn your light on, it seems like the cockroaches disperse. Because they don't want to be in the light. They don't want you seeing what they're doing at night. And also, you know why? They also escape because they're vulnerable. The Bible says how we should expose what is wicked. The light exposes what is wicked. How can I expose what is wicked? Well, I need to get close to the light. Well, who is the light? Thank you for asking that question. Jesus is the light. So when we get close enough to G, we start realizing that my language needs to change. You can check yourself by checking your vocabulary to see how close you've been to Jesus that week or that day. When you start cursing more than you used to curse. When you're not saying thank you as you should be saying thank you. When you're impatient, when you should be patient, you start realizing that there's something coming over you. That darkness trying to get up in you. See, that sin is like a little piece of poison. All a little dose will do. Just a little bit of yeast will leaven a whole loaf. Just a little bit will do. It doesn't take a whole lot just to kill you. Just a little piece of rat poison will do the trick. We got to be careful how sin tries to get in and try to be unconcealed and be, and be unconfessed. When we try to conceal sin and we try to be, and not confess our sins, we're given time for it just to grow. And watch how it impacts your relationships. Watch how it impacts how you feel about yourself. 
We feel guilty when we do when we do not do what we ought to do. We feel frustrated when we're trying to excel, but we're not succeeding. We see here, the Bible clearly says that let this not be named among you because those who live in this kind of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want you to pay close attention to this. Those who live this kind of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I, 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 I want us to understand, yes, Jesus died on the cross once for my sins, and he rose again, and I am saved. But I want you to really ask this question. If you are saved, then how are you living? Are you living in the light? Are you walking wise, living wise? When people talk about you, do, are these characteristics among you, or they say, no, this is not of? Because if we're following Jesus, then people will see that we sin less, not that we're sinless. They will see that I don't lie as much as I used to. I sin less. Ah, yeah, you, you used to know me. I used to sleep around, but I don't do that anymore. Yeah, you saw me get drunk on the weekend. I don't do that anymore. They'll be able to see the change in your life. Why? Because you are crawling closer to the light. As you get closer to the light, it starts exposing the sin in your life. You'll be just like Isaiah said, oh, my lips are unclean. Or, oh, woe is me. I cannot speak such truth. But God, when he touches you, hallelujah, that when he touches us, he redeems us. He forgives us. A lot of us are still walking around with our heads down. But I want you to understand. Put your head up for the sun's in the sky. <laughs> Reach for the light. I, I was looking up moths, and, and I was trying to find the answer. I still couldn't find the answer. Why are, are moths attracted to light? So all they have is theories on this. <laughs> Nothing scientifically factual has been proven. But the, the, the theory behind it is that the moths are attracted to the light because their flight is guided by the moonlight. And they get disoriented when they see a brighter light in front of them. And so when they get close to that light, then you see them, what, circle around that light. Because their flight pattern has been disoriented. And so they're drawn to the light, whatever it is. But the key thing I got from them is that the moonlight gives them direction. But think about this. The moonlight cannot reflect light without the sun. So without the sun reflecting on the moon, the moth has no direction. Let me break it down here for somebody. God gave us the sun to give us light, to give us direction. Without Jesus, we are lost and have no direction. Without Jesus, we are clearly in darkness looking for light. But it's the word of God says that Jesus, who has life in him, came, became the light of the world to this dark place. And I'm glad today that the light is still shining, even when I'm having some cloudy days. I'm glad today that even when darkness tries to overcome me, the light can expel the darkness. I'm glad today that though I walk through the shadows, hallelujah, I don't, I'm not scared and fearful of the shadows because the light is my strength. Do I have a witness here that knows that I have the light? The light is on my side. So no longer will I creep in darkness, walk in darkness, but I'm going to walk in the light. 
living wise. Live wise, not unwise, not foolishly. We need to check ourselves and be open for criticism. A lot of times people will talk to us more than at us. And so we have to stop taking it so personal. But yet start checking our hearts and say, Lord, am I really living how I should be living? Lord, is there error in my way that I need to check? How can I humbly submit myself to you? Looking at Jesus, we talked about him and how we should mimic him. Look back in the verse from, from Ephesians 4, chapter, verse 31, to the 5th chapter, verse 3. It says that Christ sacrificed. Say that Christ forgave much. Say that Christ loved. What are you sacrificing? How are you living in a forgiving way? Forgiving others as God is forgiving you. Being gentle with them. How are you showing the awesome love of God? Then, then in the fifth chapter, in the ninth verse, it clearly says this. Look, for this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. When you allow the light of Jesus to overwhelm you, start producing fruit that is good, what is just, what is righteous, what is true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We find our directions through Jesus. Many of us are struggling in relationships, struggling in our workplace, struggling at home, but we first need to realize that we're struggling within. We want to blame other people and circumstances for our problem, but have we took them to God and said, Lord, what's wrong with me? Have I been angry? Have I, been not, have I not been humble as I should have been? Had I, have I been impatient? Let me draw closer to the light and let this be produced out of me. That when people see me, they see righteousness, they see truth, they see just. It says the light produces that. Where does that come from? It comes from having Jesus in our hearts. Because of Jesus, I can be more patient. Because of Jesus, I can be more forgiving. Because of Jesus, I can be more loving. Samuel Dern, all by himself, can be the worst person you've ever been around. You can ask my brother. Spend a, spend a, a lonely room with me for a majority of his life. And I'm a selfish little boy. I had a problem going to bed, so I would kick my bed in order to go to sleep. And it wasn't soft. It was loud. And he would ask me to stop. I said, nope, I got to go to bed. And I would bang on there. Oh, I'd be scared of the dark, and I would have the light open. And, and so my brother, being the engineer that he was, he rearranged the room so his head was no longer he getting hit by the light <laughs> so he could go to bed. But because of me, I had to have the door open and the light in. You know, I, I did so many things just for my benefit. I wasn't concerned about, well, he slept in this room, too, that he needed to get some rest, too. I was only concerned about, what can Sam get out of this? But I'm glad that God is patient with us. As we learn how to be more loving and be more caring and more forgiving, that I had a bigger brother that was patient with me even when I was ignorant. I'm glad that bigger than my big brother, I got a father <laughs> that sits over in glory, that loved me in such a way he sent his son down on this earth to walk a lowly life, a life full of humility. So, hum so humble was he that he allowed them to beat him down and hang him on a cross. 
But still, while he was there, he said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He saw forgiveness. He saw how to sacrifice, how to give up. He saw, Lord, this is how I want you to live. Live like me. Are you following God's example? I want you to think about right now, who do you need to go and to forgive right now? Who do you need to go to forgive right now? And go tell them, I forgive you. Who is it that you need to go and tell them that you love them because you haven't showed them you love them? You've been unloving towards them. Go show them that you love them. Who have you been unjust to? Go and be just to them. God calls us to be like him, not for us to serve ourselves. To live wise is for you to deliberately to do what God calls you to do. Telling somebody I'm sorry is a deliberate action you'll have to do. Telling somebody I love you when you've been unloving towards them is a deliberate action you have to do. This is a command from God. The Bible tells us to be imitators of him. And to look at it, who is God going to let into his kingdom? Those who are like him. Will you imitate Christ now so you can enjoy being like him later? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, I want you to think what is hindering you, what is stopping you from being like Christ. And just confess it to God right now and put it in his hands right now. There's no sin too big that Christ did not die for. He wants you to draw close to him. He wants you to be light and produce righteousness, goodness, and truth. Christ wants to see you being successful in your life. Just put it in his hands right now. Father, we come to you right now, God. Asking you, Lord, forgiveness of our sins. Father, we're sorry that we have fallen short, that we haven't been fully obedient to you. But, Lord, we thank you by grace we have been saved, not by worship that no man can boast. And so, Father, we clearly give it all back to you, our lives, our hearts, to you. We, want, we don't want to be out of worshipers, God. We don't want to be gratifying the lust of the flesh. But, Lord, we want to live pleasing to you. If there's someone here right now, still every head, about every eyes, there's someone here right now who has not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus loves you, and he died for you, and he rose again to defeat death for you, that you so that you may have eternal life with him. And that while you're still here, present in this earthen body, that you'll live a life pleasing to him. I want to lead you in this prayer if that's you. God knows your heart. The Bible says you confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God's risen from the grave. You shall be saved. So that's you. just want to lead you in this prayer. Just say, dear Lord Jesus. That's right. Dear Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And you rose again from the grave. On the third day to defeat death. And Jesus, I'm inviting you to come into my heart. And be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. 
I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. And now I live for you. Amen. May we stand as we extend our hands for discipleship.